The following program contains mature subject matter. Listener discretion is advised. Turn us on and the satisfaction's guaranteed. Frank discussion with passion on CJD 800. Welcome to Trouble Tuesdays here on Passion, the night I reserve just to answer your questions about love, sex, your relationship, anything you want to talk about, mental health issues, that too. You can vent, you can ask questions, you can comment on other people's situations. All of that uh, together makes us one big happy community, the Passion community. You can text me at 514-800 if you'd like to call in. You can also do that at 514-790-0800. And if you prefer to email me, you can do that too, especially if it's a lengthier uh, question or, or comment to Lori at drlori.com. If you can't remember that, just go to drlori.com and you can fill out the um, the website uh, form contact there. Uh, so again, 514-800 to text in your questions. So I did get a few emails that I wanted to share with you. Uh, this one from Tina. When it's a question, I don't give the name. So uh, don't worry about that. But uh, this one, or I don't certainly don't give any last names. Just thought I would send you a quick message during my lunch. I enjoyed last night's passion show. It is so nice to have you back. I think Paris really likes your poet. That was a really nice comment she made. I like the poet too. Happy 2021 to you and yours, and I imagine to the whole passion community. So thank you. I appreciate that very much. Uh, here's a question. Dearest Lori, I love you, kiddo. Uh, happy New Year. My question is, I was watching some porn tonight as usual and found some massive male cum shots, like huge loads. How is that possible? How is that possible? So a lot of things that you see on porn, especially when it's produced porn and what have you, they can manipulate it. Same with when you see female ejaculation and you see geysers, you know, that's not reality. That's not real life. Uh, neither is like a, a, an ejaculate that's gallons. That just doesn't exist in real life. So, you know, this is why we say, Pornography is fantasy. It's an exaggeration of things. It's uh, a lot of it is is pre-produced and edited, and it's a whole procedure like making any other movie. And it can manipulate all kinds of things. So, and which is why sex education is so important to kids, to teenagers, even to adults, to know to be able to discern the difference. Um, between, uh, you know, what's real and what is, uh, fantasy. Here's a question. And I, I guess it's, it's to pose to everybody, pose to everybody. Would you tattle on your spouse if they went to visit relatives during the lockdown? I don't agree with it, but she could lose her job if I told on her. Why would you tell on her? I think what's important is to share your concerns with your spouse, to be able to say, look, honey, I don't think this is a really good idea. I'm not comfortable with you doing this. I'm not comfortable with you coming back into the house if you've had contact with other people. Like you're allowed to share your uh, displeasure or things that make you uncomfortable. But who are you going to? You're going to call the cops? Like, who are you going to tattle on? Like, how are you going to tattle? What are you going to do? Right? 
Uh, I think in a, in a healthy relationship, we should be able to respect each other's uh, boundaries. But of course, this is an issue that has come up because of the virus, right? So you have uh, within, um, within relationships, people who don't feel the same way. So you might have one that downplays the whole thing. Oh, it's what the hell? It's just like a flu, no biggie. And, you know, I don't want to have to wear a mask and we're being controlled by the government and blah, 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 blah. So you might have two people who think very differently. Whereas the other, another one might say, look, I'm uncomfortable. I'm scared. This is scary for me and what have you. So you're going to see um, fights or disagreements and, and things like that. You can have two people who have a different risk assessment of the situation. So how do you deal with that? I think it's really important to be able to listen and listen with compassion. So if you have a partner who's really quite anxious about something, why would you want to create more anxiety in your uh, in your partner? Like, why would you want to do that? You love your partner. Why would you want to make their life more uh, difficult, right? You want to do things outside, like with within your home and within your bubble, I think it's important to be able to, uh, to respect, I think the more anxious partner, even if you don't feel anxious about it, otherwise you're only increasing that anxiety and that anxiety helps nobody in, uh, in the relationship. So it's a good question for people. Uh, if you want to answer that, would you tattle on your spouse if they went to visit relatives during, um, the lockdown? Dr. Lori, just wondering why is finding a significant other hard these days? Well, these days in particular, not so easy. You have a lot of people who have just put this off for a while, who have decided I'm not going to do the dating thing. And yet I'm hearing all kinds of stories of couples who have met during the pandemic, who have met in this last year. We're almost into it a whole year. Uh, so people have continued to do the online thing. And uh, I'm noticing different trends, though, like people are spending far more time getting to know somebody online before meeting or uh, meetings are simply a walk. Like there's no big to do anymore, no big expectations. Uh, there is uh, there is that. And I think, you know, people are, are, are hopefully learning to get to know one another um, a little bit more. But then, I, you know, then I'm talking to other people who have different experiences, right? I was talking to somebody earlier today who uh, went, developed a nice contact with somebody back and forth and on the phone, it was nice. Um, they ended up going for a walk and then the person was like, uh, you know, wanted immediately like invited the person up to their home, like for sex basically. And she was like, I don't think so. Like, I'm not comfortable with that. And I have only seen you in person one time. That's not going to happen. So she was feeling like, are there just a lot of horny people out there who just want to at least just have some physical contact? I imagine that that is the case. And then someone else was saying that um, she had developed a nice uh, relationship with someone, had gone out a couple of walks, and then the person basically, uh, when heard about the new lockdowns and everything, just said, I can't do this. Like, it, I just can't do this. And 
and that's it. That was the end. She, he just ghosted her. So there are many, many, many different scenarios. And I could tell you some really nice stories too of people who have connected and developed a, a nice um, relationship. A couple of texts here. Uh, in this pandemic, I can only say this. If you are not part of the solution, then you are part of the problem. And on the tattletaling, I would suggest my spouse be guided by values and would respect whatever decision made. So you would basically put the trust within your uh, your spouse and they're a grown-up would you would hope they would be making a decision that would work within their value system is I think what you're saying. And I, and I'm in agreement with that we all have to make our, our decisions based on different things, right? Like you might be visiting somebody because you're worried about their mental health, even though it might not be so-called legal, um, you're assessing the risk because you, you know that there's a mental health risk for the other person. So there's also that. Uh, more of your questions, keep sending them along at 514-800 right here on Trouble Tuesdays. A safe place to work out the kinks in any relationship. It's passion with CGAD 800's Dr. Lori Batito. It is Trouble Tuesdays. Uh, if you have questions, if you have something you want to talk about, send it along at 514-800. Uh, you can email me to lori at drlori.com as well. This is from Stevie who says, I loved your show last night. It was fantastic. The last Baby Boomer show was probably the best show of the year. Your show has improved for the better with less regular panels and you have interesting guests. Great change up. Such a pleasure going to bed with you. LOL. Uh, thank you. Appreciate the feedback. Uh, another one. Uh, this is a, a tad long, but I'll share it with you because it's interesting. I want to wish you a happy new year. I am a 25 year old woman who has been single for the last four months and I have you to thank for it. I don't know if I, you should thank me for that. I came to know of your show just under a year ago when my Google home made a mistake with a French command and it began to stream CJD by accident. The very first word in the stream was vagina. I was surprised and continued to listen. And I remember it was a Tuesday night, Trouble Tuesday. I listened for the remainder of the hour. And next day I was looking at your website. I listened when possible when my boyfriend was not staying over. When you read mail at the beginning of your show, I can say a few of them had the same problem I was having and your comments were very enlightening to me. Many things I started realizing about myself, about my relationship because of the mail you read and subjects from The View and the Baby Boomer shows. One mistake I made in my last relationship is telling my boyfriend that I have been with another woman sexually. I do not consider myself bi or even bi-curious. What happened happened and I have no regrets and if something was to happen again and the circumstances are right, I would do it again. But since telling him that, he focused on having a threesome. At first, it started as a spoken fantasy during sex, but it quickly changed to something he really wanted to do with me. He could not understand that it goes beyond sex with two women. It is a sensuality and passion that you cannot experience with even the most sensual men. Our relationship started really great. We were together for over two years. But because of your show, I began to realize I was in a bad, somewhat abusive relationship. When I look back, I found I was not the same person I was two years ago. I was being manipulated and controlled. I talked to him about this and he denied it all and even giving him examples. Again, he denied it and even got mad. 
I was distanced from my friends, especially my male friends. I could not go out. I mailed you an anonymous email. Uh, you read it on the air and what you said was the biggest eye opener of all. My decision was made and I broke off with him at his place. Right away, I got accused of seeing someone else. I told him all of my reasons and they were nothing I had not told him before, but he just not could not get past it. I told him I will be getting my cell number changed and would appreciate no further contact. He is in his 30s, divorced. Uh, he divorced three years after he got married. Uh, should have been a sign right there. It is now January 1st, 2021, and I am back to the cheerful, happy, outgoing woman I used to be and happy about it. Even my friends notice the difference. I really enjoy listening to comments from Paris during The View, and I enjoy the poems from the poet. How can someone who has written with such nice, beautiful poems write something so naughty like the Christmas poem? I want to thank you. You have made a positive difference in my life, and I have learned a lot about myself, men, relationships, and yes, even sex. Thank you. That uh, means a lot that you would take the time to write and with such uh, such detail. Uh, Samantha writes, fantastic boomer show. So this was right before our break. The three of you should be on TV. <laughs> I'm not sure. Are we faces for TV or just radio? What do they say about radio people, right? I uh, want to wish you happy holiday and a happy 2021 from Samantha and family. Uh, just Drew writes, and never tell your partner about past experiences that's for the woman who wrote in about the being having been with women and never suggest to a man that he could never be as sexual as a woman. That is very um, demeaning. Well, I don't know if she actually said this to him. She said this to us, but, um, and again, like sharing past experiences, you would hope that um, the person wouldn't use it as a, as a, as a, a, a manipulation tactic, right? It's like when you give somebody information, they use it against you. That's the worst kind of feeling because then you have all kinds of regrets, but don't you want to be in a relationship where you could share your past experiences with a partner and not feel judged or that information being used against you? I'm so happy this woman is out of that abusive relationship. Start 2021 in a great fashion and hope it's wonderful for all of us. Here, here, uh, absolutely. For those of you who are out there dating, uh, I want to answer Sasha's question that was just wondering why is finding a significant other hard these days? Are other people finding it difficult? Like what are the particular challenges Um what are the particular challenges you have found in dating if you're out dating or have you put like, are you on a dating hiatus for now? Like, are you just, you put a stop to it for a while? Uh, you're off the, the apps or are you still on the apps? What, what's going on? I'm curious to see what some of the, uh, challenges have, uh, have been. And if you have gone out, where have you gone or what kind of dates have you had? And have you been using, um, like FaceTime or, uh, like face to face virtual, uh, contact, which isn't the usual thing prior to, to the pandemic. So I'm just curious to see how people uh, are managing that. And if you, if anybody else has tips for other daters out there, or for for being able to to find um, a partner, because obviously other 
other ways are not possible, like events and other places that we might meet uh, meet somebody. Although I'm I'm sure there are still places where you can volunteer and such. But it's also hard to see what people look like, their expressions behind the mask, and it's not not always the same thing. But uh, so, if people have any ideas about that, please would love to uh, would love to hear some of your uh, some of your comments. I'm not able to have an orgasm, but I think that's something psychological, probably. When I'm going to finish, I completely stop, so I don't have an orgasm. Is something wrong? So I think this is from a woman, not a hundred percent sure, but I think it is. So it doesn't mean anything is wrong, except that you know you're holding yourself back, right? So it sounds like you get close, and then something is scaring you. Something goes on in your head, and it, you're you're too scared to just let yourself go. So some women actually have spoke to several women with this same issue, they may have the sensation that they're going to uh, urinate, right? Because they have like a bladder sensation, like a full bladder sensation. And this actually can really scare somebody and say, you know, I don't want to let myself go. I don't want to pee. I don't, you know, how am I going to be judged? What's it going to look like? Blah, blah, blah. But oftentimes that's attached, especially if you avoided your bladder beforehand, uh, before sex, that's really attached to what we normally would see as female ejaculation, actually. But if you think about it, uh, having an orgasm for a lot of women is the point where they feel the most vulnerable. So think about that. If it's the point where you feel the most vulnerable, are you about to let yourself go with someone maybe you don't feel completely safe with? So there's that element uh, that you have to think about, right? Are you comfortable in your own skin? Are you comfortable being completely uh, your sexual self, right? So, like I know that some women are afraid of of like the facial expressions that they may make during um, orgasm, and so they don't want to go there, or they it's that feeling watched or feeling judge that can make somebody uncomfortable and not able to let go. So if they're in their heads thinking, what is she or he thinking about me right now? Or what, you know, some like being judged in some way, you can't let go. How are you supposed to let go when you're in your brain thinking about all of these things? That just doesn't happen. So I think you have to take your time. You have to try and get yourself out of your head Focus on your bodily sensations. Make sure you're in the right kind of relationship so that you feel actually comfortable and safe within this relationship. And for some people, that may take some time. Oftentimes, people get sexual before they ever get to that point, really. They get sexual early in the relationship and only later start to feel really uh, comfortable, open, and um, and safe. So it can t- it might take a little bit of uh, of time. Uh, question on the text board at five one four eight hundred. I found myself in a catch twenty two. I am a thirty two year old female virgin. I've never liked the idea of a one night stand, and any guy I've dated, I never liked enough to take an to an intimate level. However, now I'm embarrassed to be a 32-year-old virgin and don't want to date anymore because of it. 
I understand where you're coming from and the the judgment. Believe me, you're not the only 32-year-old virgin out there, first of all. So let me just say that. I I can respect the fact that you have never found yourself to be in, in a situation where you felt strongly enough for someone uh, to to even be sexual with them. But then I would also question, I'm, I'm throwing it out there. So it's just, these are all, all hypotheses. I don't know you, I, you know, uh, and this is not a judgment thing, but there's just things that come to my mind. Have you avoided um, relationships? Like sometimes out of fears or, or other things, we we avoid getting ourselves into a situation where we might want to um let go. So that's a question you can ask yourself. You can you know, kind of do a, an evaluation of that. You can even speak to a therapist about that to, to, to see what that's like if you've never been in a uh, long-term enough relationship, why that is. Like what have been the blocks to get that? Now, how, where you're at right now, if you feel ready to engage in a relationship, the person you're with is going to have to respect the decisions you've made for yourself. Obviously, a person who doesn't respect the decisions you've made, who doesn't respect your values or your position or, or what have you, is not the person for you. So one thing, though, is if you don't go out there, you're not going to meet anybody and you're not going to lose your virginity. So it's important to put yourself out there and take the risk. Yes, it is a risk. When you're dating, uh, there's risks of rejection and there's risks of like, uh, you know what, I don't want to go out with someone with less, uh, with little experience. Or someone else might say, I love the idea that you've saved yourself for the right person. So many, there's many different ways it can be taken, but you you still have to, you still have to put yourself out there and see where it goes, you know, and be able to handle the rejection, which is part of the dating game, frankly, and, uh, but stand true to your own values. That's the most important thing that you know why you're still a virgin. You know why, because you didn't meet somebody that you wanted to share this with. That's the, that, that's the important thing that you have to hold on to. Coming up, your stupid sex story of the night, plus some of your questions, texts, responses, all of that coming up after we check in with our CJD 800 Newsroom. The following program contains mature subject matter. Listener discretion is advised. From the pleasure and the politics to the hangups and the heartbreak, you're listening to Passion, CJD 800. All right, your stupid sex story of the night. Here's your headline. A Texas bridegroom robbed a bank the day before his wedding to pay for his fiance's ring and the cost of the venue. How stupid can you be? Uh, this person uh, somewhere out of Houston robbed the Citizen State Bank. Uh, in uh, Yes, uh, they announced this on Facebook Live. Anyway, the, the, forest, the, the sheriff did that. Uh, Wallace, uh, who's the sheriff, said, Bumpus, who's 36, who provided a full confession to police and is being charged with robbery, went into the local bank indicating he had a weapon and demanded money. He then left with stolen cash, drove down dirt and forest service roads when he got a call from his fiance. The two were supposed to get married two days from that point, and his fiance said she saw the surveillance video stills of her husband-to-be robbing the bank that police had posted on Facebook. Uh, 
After some discussion, Wallace said the fiance was able to persuade him to turn himself in, and soon after, he confessed to authorities in Houston. He basically stated he was getting married the next day. Uh, he didn't have enough money for the wedding ring he wanted to buy, and he needed to pay for the wedding venue. The sheriff said his team recovered most of the stolen money and thanked the family for their help. Of course, he was still in police custody, was not released. Um, the wedding did not happen. <laughs> and that's the end of the story with his fiance declining to comment. People can be really stupid. So many crimes like this that are just so dumb. Uh, all right, let's get back to your questions. We have Sean on the line. Hi, Sean. Hi, how are you? Okay. Good. What can I do for you? Yeah, um, I had um, a, a woman give me a you, you know what? Oral sex? Yeah. Mm hmm. And uh, I called you before uh, a couple of months ago, and you said that there's nothing to worry about in terms of receiving, if I could receive a, a STI. Well, it depends if she's got something or not. Um, right. Because she didn't take any, I don't know if she she has any, you said I could catch uh, herpes or something? Or? Yeah, it. Uh, you can, if she had a herpes on her lips. Okay. So if she but had a cold said, sore, what else did so, I say? But you also said it's, it shouldn't be something to worry about. Generally not. It's it's more dangerous for the the person Woman. doing it than the the than the receiver uh, because the receiver the 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 person doing it might be in contact with uh, your bodily fluids. And the only thing is, if the person has a contraceptive. A, a condom, a condom, right? Um, yeah. Which generally, if it's cat, you know, if it's from some stranger, you might want to put a flavored condom on or something just to protect yourself. Um, but if you've showed no symptoms months later, you then there's nothing to worry about. I'm kind of concerned because I have a lump on my uh, testicle. You have a lump on your testicle? How old are you? How old are you? 38. You're 38. Um, look, if it's something that's new and it's a it's a lump yeah, that... Just recently, I, I noticed it. It's a lump on the inside? Like it just feels like no, something on the, on the inside? On, on, uh, right. On the outside? On the outside, yeah, not inside. Right. So if it looks like a, uh, does it, is it hard? Like a, like a wart? Yeah. Yeah. Then you might want to check this out with your doctor. Oh, yeah. It, yeah, uh, yeah. It, it could be something. Like I, I'm not a medical doctor, A. Uh, B, you need, to, you need to be examined there, Sean. Okay. Because it okay. was years ago. The, the blowjob was like about 10 years ago. It could be something else. It could be if you've had no other sexual contact, then it's unlikely an STI. But but if it's something that just appeared somewhere, go go check it out. Don't, uh, you know, call your doctor, okay? Okay. All right. Take care, Sean. Thanks for calling in. Uh, we've got Jean-Pierre on the line. Hi, Jean-Pierre. Hello. Hi, how are you? Okay. Good. Why are yeah. men so voyeuristic? <laughs> it's not just Why? men who are. It's not just men who are voyeuristic. There's Most a lot of. Them. There are a lot of women who are also voyeuristic. Now, are you talking about voyeur in the legal or or criminal sense of the word, or no, just, the 
Uh, years ago, I was uh, the super in a rooming house. And yeah. Every morning, I checked for the mail, the mail, the mail mm-hmm. in Canada. And I remarked that when I was sitting on my balcony, women in the between 40 and 60, they, they made, make, made an effort to be seen by me. Maybe I'm just disillusioned, but... <laughs> So the, so really what you're asking what you're asking is women who are exhibitionists not really men who are uh, no, the women who are exhibitionists as you say uh, I I noticed that men, women between 40 and 60 with big breasts they made an effort to be seen by me maybe I'm just <laughs> No, well, it, it's possible. Look, these are particular uh, women, I guess. I mean, um, I, I suppose I suppose there's a thrill. Uh, there's a thrill to being seen and appreciated, even when you're middle aged, right? And they so love, it, they, they love to be looked at. Well, I think, I think the men, the men in their surroundings, their entourage, didn't look at them. And possibly. Possibly. So, yeah. really, you're talking about you being the voyeur. <laughs> yeah, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a voyeur. You're the voyeur. I've always been the voyeur. Right. Well, I think Sometimes men I are. <laughs> it's a I pain. think. It's a pain. It. Yeah. Well, listen. I, I think. Love to be a voyeur. Uh, if it makes people, if it makes somebody uncomfortable that you're looking at, well, if it, certainly voyeur in the criminal sense of the word is is illegal. Like, look, peering at somebody who doesn't. No, like without their consent or doesn't know that you're doing that, like a peeping Tom, that's illegal. But there's plenty of voyeurs and exhibitionists in the world who like to be seen and and like to be seen doing things and and like to look at other people doing things. Men are often very visual creatures, so it it, it can feed the their erotic side and and feed their arousal. So I, I think it's just a natural. It's kind of a natural thing, but you just don't want to be a creep about it. That's no, the worst I, part, right? Exactly. I, so you, I, mean, enough, I mean, enough of a creep right now. <laughs> Let's hope not, JP. <laughs> Thanks for calling in. Appreciate it. Take care. Uh, your questions answered here tonight. Uh, so the the uh, 32-year-old virgin wrote back saying, after I said that maybe she was avoiding relationships altogether says that makes sense. I notice I like to have control over situations. It calms my anxiety. I get that. But when you need to be always in control, you also don't allow yourself to be vulnerable. And that means opening yourself up emotionally to somebody else. So it's very difficult to develop a relationship with anybody if you don't allow yourself to be open and to be truly intimate, like think of the word intimacy, into me see. You let somebody see into you. That's how you develop a, uh, a close relationship, one where you do feel safe and comfortable enough to be able to be sexual. So you might stop it before it ever even gets to that point. So maybe, maybe it's time 
to take a good look in the mirror, maybe with the help of a therapist who can help you figure out your anxieties, your fears, so that you can get what you want, which is ultimately a relationship where uh, you can be sexual and you can be intimate and all of that stuff. So all of that is important. On rejection, a person writes, when I was younger, my friend had a philosophy. He would ask 10 girls to dance. And if one said yes, he was happy. I couldn't stand the rejection from the first one. He didn't care. And he got way more dances than I ever did. And you're right. If you don't take the risk and accept that, hey, you know what? You're likely to get rejected, but there is an off chance. It's a numbers game for many, an off chance that somebody says yes, right? So you have to be able uh, to, to take the risk. Um, as a guy who lost his virginity at 12 to a 16 year old, that's more like abuse. Actually, that would be considered an abusive situation in the law books today. I would highly respect any woman saving herself for someone super special. 12 was too young. And I think took away something when I had sex with my first teenage love, I would agree with you, um, on that one. Absolutely. Yep, yep, yep. Yet another method. I, of course, would then cut the little wedges from the top. Is that like, is that a random thought or does that relate to something that I said? I, I can't even, I can't make the link off the top of my head. Uh, coming up, more of your questions. I actually have a question about herpes where Sean was asking similar, but this one's a requires a little more of an elaborate uh, answer. So I'll answer that one uh, coming right up. Passion with Dr. Lori Batito on CJAD 800. Trouble Tuesdays uh, here on the issue of letting go or the fear of uh, maybe urinating or letting letting go of your bladder, which would be fall under generally uh, female ejaculation and not urinating, but that is the sensation that you get. Uh, if you are with someone you trust and care about during sex, depending on the activity, accidents can happen. So what? Clean it up, laugh it off and get back into it. I like that attitude actually. That works. Uh, Lori, I was just on a dating site and was chatting with a guy I chat with sometimes and I brought up your show. He listens in, but tonight he told me he is the passion poet. Can you tell me something of the passion poet? This person who goes by the username, I don't know if I should say that, but anyway, is 56, brown, short hair, uh, mustache, lives in St. Leo. Is any of this information sound like the passion poet? I had thought about wanting to meet him if he was available, but now maybe I stumbled on him. How can I confirm any of this information? I will confirm that for you or disconfirm it. That is not, how dare somebody impersonate somebody else, frankly. So that isn't the passion poet. I double checked with the passion poet, but I already know the passion poet is over 60. He's on our boomer show. Um, I can't believe somebody would take credit. <laughs> like, ew, what does that tell you about this person? Like, think about it for a minute. What could, what does that tell you about someone who feels the need to boost their own ego, elevate themselves with a lie to impress you? 
That would be like major, major red flag for me. A couple of questions here. Um, oh, somebody says, guaranteed he is not the passion poet if he's claiming to be. Uh, and I know I've spoken to the the poet. This is not the first time this has happened, but we've said this before on the show. And um, like he himself has, he would never do that. He has, he's way too humble. He even hates that I out him on the, uh, on the boomer show, but I, I'm proud of our passion poet. And I, I think he deserves to, uh, to be recognized as such, but like this, no way. Uh, I could see a person saying, I think very much like the passion poet. That's okay. That's okay. Because it's giving the other person credit, not saying I'm the, I'm the guy you like so much on the show. That's very, very different. Uh, and on losing one's virginity, I was 16 and my boyfriend at the time was 32 when I lost my virginity. It was the worst experience ever. First of all, I think at a 32, certainly taking advantage of a 16-year-old, even though it's legal, the age of sexual consent in this country is 16. It was raised from 14 to 16. But there's a, there's a little caveat here. As long as your boyfriend was not your teacher, your coach, or anybody in a position of authority. So this, a 16 and a 32 year old is legal as long as the older person is not in a position of authority. Otherwise it's 18. It, that, that doesn't, um, work. Hello. If it just so happens that a woman ejaculates in your mouth, can one get sick or any other ill effect? Generally, no. However, um, the female ejaculate can contain traces of urine. If urine is generally sterile, except if there is a bacteria, so that this almost doesn't make sense, right? But like generally, yes, but if the person has some kind of bacterial infection in that shows up in the urine, then you are ingesting that bacteria. So that's why when we talk about like, and we had a whole show on this, when we talk about uh, uh, water sports or play with urine or things like that, it's not completely safe as one might, um, might think, might think, uh, doesn't just the fact that she's older make her in a position of power. Well, you, the, I was 60, which one you're talking about, uh, the other person who wrote in was the female was 16. The boyfriend was 32. Um, and not, yes, you're right. It seems like a person who's older would be in a position of power, but they would have to have, you're right about that, but they need to be in a position of, I guess of, there has to be some sort of dependency. I'm not sure what the exact wording of the law is, but it's where, um, like if it was someone else's coach and it had nothing to do with you, then that would be okay. But if it's, if it's a person that you, that, that the child relies on or needs or is in their life, uh, and has a role in their life, that's what matters. So it could be the 16 year old could be with, uh, 
a teacher who's 32, but not their teacher. That's as, as, as how I understand the law. If anybody else wants to check it out and, uh, and let me know, that would be, uh, that would be good as, as well. Uh, clarification, right. Like the passion poet, I do think like him mostly. Well, I'm sure that yeah, that's good. It's just, he, a lot of people might think like him. He just puts it into uh, a fun kind of thing, a poet, uh, kind of thing. Uh, I'm just saying it was a 32 year old woman. I'm sure I would feel helpless. Um, there's an abuse of power for sure in a situation like this, but if you're 16 years old, you have the the legal uh, ability to uh, consent and to choose. So, uh, according to um, to the law, so you know if it's some some thirty two year old woman you meet somewhere, like why are you meeting a thirty two year old woman unless she's in your life in your circle? Then that would make that would make her in a position of uh, of power. But I can certainly understand how when you're with somebody who's much older and you're the one who's much less experienced, the other person ends up like holding all the cards, right? Or feeling like they know everything you're relying on them to, to learn or to, to do or, or whatever. Maybe you might feel pressured by them or, uh, or something to that effect. Uh, again, I, uh, you know, you have to ask yourself, what's a 32 year old doing with a 16 year old, regardless whether it's the female, it, whether the female is 32 or the male is 32. I don't get what the, what the attraction would be, uh, where, okay, I can see maybe a physical attraction, but what about the rest of it? You know, like when there was that story of, uh, what's her name? That teacher Letourneau, um, who ended up marrying her student who at the time, I don't even know how old he was, maybe 14 or something like that. And she ended up going to jail. Then she ended up having his baby and they got married. And it just seemed like such a crazy story. Um, and it was hard to see, like, what do you, like, where's the, you know, where's the connection? Like what, what do you connect on? What do you connect on besides the, the, the sexual, uh, stuff? I don't know. That's, uh, that's my thoughts, but we can certainly talk about that another time. Uh, Google guy writes in capacity to influence others based on their acceptance that the influencer occupies a formal position. That's the word, a formal position in the organization or group that gives him or her the right to make decisions and to demand compliance. Okay. That's so much better said. Thank you very much for, uh, Googling that and giving us the exact, the exact words. So that's it. It's that formal position like the, the coach in an organization that you are, that the child is a part of, right. And where the, the demand of compliance is, I have control over what you do. I can, you have to obey me kind of thing, things like that. Uh, once upon a time, it was not uncommon girls getting married at 15 and 16. What changed? Well, uh, I, lots and lots of things change. First of all, we, we, um, live much longer. We, women have a different role in society back then you in the 18s and, and before you just wanted to marry off as soon as, uh, 
women were menstruating basically so that they can start having children because that was seen as their sole purpose or their sole role. So I don't have to tell you what has changed since then. Uh, it's, uh, it's pretty darned um, obvious. The average age of marriage right now for women, I think is like 28, 29 years old. How things have drastically uh, changed and from not that long ago, maybe 50, 100 years ago, maybe something like that. So regardless, uh, I hope someone claims they are Google guy. Take the heat off me. <laughs> yeah, we have a few Google guys here, which uh, I appreciate. Thank you. Uh, I love when you're able to fact check for me on the fly. It's like having my own team right here, my own virtual team of researchers. Um, I love it. I love it. Thank you so much. I really, uh, really appreciate what you do for me here. Uh, thank you all for spending your time with me. Thank you to all who sent in your questions and to those of you who uh, sent in your comments and, and such appreciate it. Thanks to Dave Simon, our technical producer. Coming up uh, next here on CJD, the CTV National News. Have a great rest of the evening. Stay safe and remember to live your life with passion. Yes.